Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Raya Act. Uh, I'm your host, Renfrey Dedman. I'm just uh, joining you here in a beautiful backstage area of Alexandra Palace. It looks ridiculously uh, posh, uh, far too posh for a punk show or a post-hardcore show, which is happening tonight. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm joined by George and Wade from Alexis on Fire. How are you guys doing? Quite well. Quite well. It's too bad they couldn't book the show in like a newer venue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would have been nice. I mean, like, you know, this place is quite yeah, old. This place is beautiful. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's yeah. amazing. Like, did you ever imagine that you'd, like, when you started Alexis, you'd be playing in a building like this? Well, we played here in 2005. I looked it up this morning. So we played a festival here and... Uh, was that Taste I, of Chaos? It was... Uh, Something like give that. Give it a name. Give it a name. That's it. And uh, it seemed very absurd to us at that point. It was probably one of the larger shows I think we'd played. Yeah. And... Um, and uh, it seems equally as absurd now. Yes, equally <laughs> yeah. as absurd. George, George was uh, watching TV the other day. Yeah. And uh, you, I'll let you tell the story. Well, I was at work, and it was lunch break. And uh, we put on the TV and put on the sports network, and they were airing a darts tournament. And then, like, we went, they cut to commercial, and they were like, they're like, and more of Champion League darts, you know, uh, coming to you live from Alexandra Palace. Yeah. And I was like, that is... Like is something there's something that re, that's a real head fuck about when you're sitting in a room watching a darts tournament and then you're and you, I'm telling my coworkers I'm like in three days time I'm gonna be playing where darts that there. where yeah. that guy with the <laughs> the guy with the interesting facial hair and the mohawk who just landed three you know double or triple six or triple twenties <laughs> or whatever you know yeah well this is the building that they um the first bbc transmission came from here i believe that's why there's that big mast on the roof oh, okay. um oh, cool. i think that's right i can't remember if it was television or radio but like yeah there's a lot of famous history with this building it's crazy but mm -hmm. but now you guys are back headlining so that must be a bit of a head fuck it's uh it, it feels pretty incredible um i think uh we're trying to live very like in the moment with this band these yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like kind of putting one foot in front of the other. Um, and uh, and the fact that we're here feels like an absolutely incredible accomplishment. And also the fact that we're here too with like uh, like a punk band from London and a punk band from Toronto opening up the show. Like there's no, we didn't like get someone to sell tickets no. That the like the label pushed like we chose bands that we believe in that we think are great musically and we would want to share a stage with, and I think as kind of you know detrimental as doing stuff like that can be to a band's career, yeah. I think it's trying to stay true to what we care about and what moves us in music. That's the reason we are here today. Yeah, I agree actually, and I think that's. A wonderful thing because a lot of people won't kind of realize that often there's a lot of games played behind the scenes in terms of well we'll play this big venue but we're going to have to get big supports in in order to you know try to sell it out so the fact that you haven't done that and you've gone actually we just believe in these two bands and we think they should be given a big audience i think is testament to you i think that's fantastic. I, i'd prefer that we we have that like obviously <clears throat> like you get in those situations where you know you pick a venue and your eyes are a bit bigger than your stomach so you know and and then there's the this general panic from from uh, uh, you know, management suits. management <laughs> and uh, promoters and every obviously there's like a lot more 
you know, um, money involved with, uh, you know, people are, are a lot more invested in the, the show. Yeah. So there is this push where, you know, they'll, you know, we'll get sent bands, that, you know, oh, this band, they're an up and coming, they're doing this and that. And then we listen to them and we're like, this band sounds uh, very, very poor. So <laughs> maybe, maybe we could pick a band that people don't know quite as well. Um, but we like, and, and, and I've always considered it a creative decision and it's, it's, it's a creative decision choosing opening acts. And so I'd rather have like, I don't know, it was amazing. Child's Pose, who's playing today, um, I sent them and I like, I sent them an email. Uh, my friend Jonah Falco who plays drums in Fucked Up. He's been living in England for quite some time and, and uh, I hit him up. I'm like, Jonah, I'm uh, the type of out of touch that comes with having a child what is good in England right now? And he sent me this unbelievable list of like everything that was happening that was good. And I just, it, and so I was just like looking through bands and I found Child's Pose and I was like, this could be a, this would be a really fun band to have on the show. And so I, I like called, I emailed them from the link that was on their band camp page and I was like hey which is most how most shows at Alexander Palace get booked yeah exactly right like like I don't know they don't even have like their, their songs weren't on they have a band camp page and that's it I don't think they had a Facebook group or anything I just messaged them and 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 I was like hey do you, you know like I play in this band of life on fire playing at Alexander Palace would you like to open up the show and uh, it was April 1st and <laughs> they they sent me a message and they were just like this is uh, is this a, is this are you fucking with me? Like this is a this is an April Fool's joke, right? Like and uh, and we were like, no, no, you know, like I don't know, you know, I know Jonah. Jonah recommended you guys and all this stuff, and and so they're coming out to play, and it's cool. Like and but that's a band that you know has played like not a lot of shows. They've they've played a lot. They're they're kind of come from a more you know DIY punk sort of yeah. environment yeah. and I, there's something about like I love that I like I like the idea of uh, you know taking someone from that world and trying to put it onto one of these gigantic yeah. stages and just see what happens yeah. and uh, and yeah I hope people like it and it's cool and Chastity of course is like Chastity is uh, uh, just a band that we love um, from uh, Southern Ontario Okay, and they're uh uh, yeah, same sort of thing. Like, you know, we had the, they were going to be over here. We were like, why don't you guys come and play? And awesome. That was it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you, you, you said a little bit earlier, Wade, about taking sort of one step at a time with how things are going now at the moment. And uh, it's been four years since the reunion, or at least we knew about the reunion. The public knew about the reunion. And we've now got these two songs uh so you know it does feel like everything's being a bit tentative and uh you're taking your time with it this time i think it's fair to say um why why now i think we've been it's been building towards this yeah uh since we started playing again yeah and uh step by step everything we did i think injected a little bit more positivity and a little bit more uh, mm -hmm. creativity and just interest in pushing it forward. Yeah. And I think, uh, especially after we did Europe last summer, yep. which mm -hmm. was like a full-on tour and felt amazing, uh, I think we, we thought, okay, if we're going to keep doing this, like we, we can't just keep playing festivals. We need, we, we need to say something. We need to, we need to continue to put out music and... Yeah, uh, because I don't want. I think the thing we've always tried to do with this band is, is just try and be sincere and be honest 
with our fans and, and ourselves. And, uh, and so, uh, first of all, I mean, we, we didn't want to rush anything. Mm-hmm. Wanted to make sure what we were going to put out seemed right. Wanted to make sure what we were going to put out seemed better than what we put out in the past. And uh, I think by the time we got back home from that, that uh, European tour, we are like, we kind of knew. And uh, so we started writing, and we've written a lot of music. Okay. And uh, as of this point, we've recorded two of the songs. Okay. And so I think we're going to continue to, you know, we're going to continue to write music. We've, uh, Dal recently moved back to Toronto from Nashville, and um, so we've got like a studio downtown, and so we're regularly meeting to have rehearsals and just get together and, and write. And a lot of music's come out of that, and these are the kind of first two things that seem cohesively to make the most sense. Familiar drugs, we wanted to come back with something that was like a real slap in the face. Mm. And then I think with Complicit, uh, I think the intention, or at least the way I felt about it, was it It definitely, to me, it sounds very much like an Alexa Fire song. Yeah. And uh, so there's a lot of things we've written there maybe venturing out into some new territory that I think our fans will very much appreciate, but I don't think we want to give someone misgivings about where it's headed. Yeah. No, absolutely. There's, because there's still a lot of stompers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I, it sort of... <coughs> I was really very pleasantly surprised at how heavy the new material was. Um, it seemed really... You know, usually, sometimes when bands take a break and they come back, they come back as a sort of shadow of their former selves and that's always a worry with reunions you know um that's always the elephant in the room and and based on these two songs alone i do not think that's the case at all i mean i think the true test will come with the rest of the material and stuff but you know these two songs are a really good start for that um as i read somewhere that familiar drugs uh was actually the 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 genesis for it was around was around the crisis era is that correct yeah it's been an idea that's been Dallas has, Dallas has had that riff in a, for a long time. I think he found it on like a, uh, you know, an old cell phone. Like right. He was going through his, his like a drawer and he found an old cell phone. He plugged it in and charged it and then went through the voice notes and, and found the riff. I mean, like he's been playing that riff for a long time, but it's just like that's how long it's been yeah. there. And 12, 12 years? Yeah, there, was a lot of, there were a lot of stuff like that. I think we've had other songs, I think, probably, that were where, you know, you write them on one album cycle, they don't necessarily make it through the process of writing. Yeah. And then, but they're still, like, kind of nagging in the back of yeah. your head a bit. Yeah. And, and Familiar Drugs, I mean, like, Familiar Drugs, like, more so the riff. Like, I think we wrote the song, we just, we built that song. Like, it's not like that song was written and ready to go on Crisis, but the you know, the seeds of it were there, you know? And yeah, no, I think it, 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 it yeah, we're, we're, we're more than capable, I think now of, of, uh, I think we needed that. We needed to be able to make a song that we felt good about. Yeah. Cause yeah, I know every time we come back, every time we come back and play shows, every time I don't want to feel like, we, like you said, like we're, you know, we've kind of lost our heyday and we're just kind of, I don't know. I think my internally you sit there and you're like, oh man, like you read like a comment where someone's like, oh, here they come cashing in Alexis on fire, you know? And I'm just like, all right, yeah, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be, I I understand why people would say stuff like that. And I've seen it in other bands where they come back and you're, 
and they are. They're very much a shadow of themselves. And I don't think we're that. I think we're more. I, I, I absolutely agree. And, you know, when I mentioned that, I'd just like to stress I'm not sort of putting that on, on to you guys. No, no. No, all. but that's something but we that very much consider yeah, ourselves. No, and we're conscious happens. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. No. <laughs> yeah. But I think uh, an interesting thing with familiar drugs and the way it ended up getting written, although some of those ideas are old, I don't think we were capable of writing the song the way we wanted to At that time. years ago. Yeah, yeah. And now I think we've learned how to play in a little bit. I think we've, we've kind of grown as musicians. And uh, I think actually, I think a large part that you can attribute to that song being like falling into the pocket and being as heavy as it is, is Jordan spending two years on the road with Billy Talent. Okay. And him, I think, learning to play to like the way Aaron played the drums, mm. which is very pocket, very like mm. almost just heavy ACDC. Mm. Um, like not a lot of flourishes where mm. with us, he was, you know, like ripping. And so I think the kind of the things he's learned by stepping back as a drummer um, and then the way we've all kind of learned to play differently is, is help that song become what it actually is and what it needed to be. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Fantastic, cool. So um, I don't know as much about Complicit. So wh how, where did Complicit come from? Is that totally new or? Complicit was one of the, when we first jammed, uh, when we first got together and decided we were going to try and write in Dallas's basement, I think that was uh, the first song that we wrote that, that came out of that. Yeah, I think we, uh, something like that, or maybe even Steel and I, I think maybe we wrote that in Nashville with them. Oh, that's right, yeah. that's right, that's right, yeah. So when Dallas was still living in Nashville, Steele and I went down there and we uh, talked a lot about the band. I think we talked a lot about our history and we talked about a lot of what we've all been through together, mm -hmm. which is essentially the, the best and worst moments of our lives. Yes. You know? Um, and, and like, in that trip, we didn't go down there to, you know, we went down there to eat, like, fried chicken. <laughs> and uh but we ended up writing that song and uh i think it had taken on i'm not sure originally what we were singing about but i do remember you showing up to rehearsal after seeing the this is america video yeah and being like i want to throw this out and like it's time to say something yeah yeah i yeah no i remember i i, I was struggling to find words for it and it's so it, yeah, it feels weird to say that, but yeah, I remember seeing. Well, the, that was just the thing that we found inspiring. Yeah, and after watching that particular music video and hearing that song uh, for "This Is America," I was. This is Childish Gambino. Childish Gambino, yeah, yeah. 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 And and uh, and I was really moved by it. I was mm -hmm. watching it and thinking, like, "Wow, this is a really incredible, potent statement." Like, and 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 uh, and way more punk than like what punks were doing like mm, it was just like mm. i don't know like it was really 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 uh visceral thing and i was looking into it and just like feeling like you know hey this is a this is something i want to get behind but how do i get behind this recognizing it's not necessarily maybe this wasn't necessarily written for me or maybe it was i i was looking at that i was like how do i be a good ally and to to people even if i this isn't necessarily my cause yeah. How do I be a good ally to it? And then in that, you recognize that maybe part of b being a good ally is recognizing your complicity in maybe part of the problem. And whether or not that that is, uh, you know, intentional or not, maybe it's just that I've benefited from, uh, you know, uh, systemic 
misogyny and 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 uh and racism my whole life yeah and maybe that's and it's an uncomfortable thought i think for a lot of people but it's something that i wanted to that 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 i decided my first step in being a positive ally towards people who are marginalized is recognizing that i that i've come from a position of power yeah and that and that is uh um that's essentially where the lyrics for that song came from and what i wanted to what i wanted to say that that yeah just as a white heterosexual male we you know we tend to uh you know it, you know we tend to have a, a, an advantage of and, and have to and there's just certain things that we don't have to think about as white heterosexual males that i think women and uh you know um and people of people of color and and also um you know uh anybody from lgbtq community yeah. all have to uh they consider those things every single day and it's, that's it, it the term for it has become sort of um white privilege kind of thing isn't it where you're where there are so many things like you just said you don't even have to think about them and they can be big things or small things like it's, yeah. it's it can be it can be something simple like i can go into like you know i i've lived you know i've been living with a woman for a very long time who has and through her stories and the things that she has to deal with are just things that I don't have to deal with. Yeah. I can go into any bar or a club or something like that. I can walk through a group of women and I don't have to worry about being sexually assaulted by them. Yeah. Uh, and if I reject them, I don't have to worry about them getting violent. Yeah. And these are all things that like the women in my life, every single woman in my life has had to deal with that at one point. These are things that every woman has to yeah, deal with. Every single, yeah, 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 exactly. You don't right? have to look over your shoulder if you're walking home. No, exactly, or, right? Or, and, it, it, yeah. and it can be something, yeah, it can be some, yeah, something simple like that. But, um, and that's the same case. As a heterosexual, I can I can French kiss my wife in the middle of a food court, a mall, and no one's going to bat no, a lash. Yeah. It's not yeah. a political yeah. statement. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. but you know, it's not the same for two men who want to go there and and uh, you know, or or for a trans couple or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. You know, like without drawing the ire of homophobes and things like that. And it's just that's that that's essentially what the song is about. Just recognizing, yeah. Yeah, being being sensitive to those things. That's great. Cool. Yeah. Um, you're going to get fed up with this question, so I apologise in, in advance for asking it. <laughs> but um, obviously, everyone's clamouring for a new record, and, and and you know you've already made it clear that you you're just taking things one step at a time, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I'm not going to go. Is there a new album? But I'm assuming that that is the end goal to get album number five done or do you have an end goal no right, i don't have okay. an end goal i honestly like if we continue to do this the way it, like I, this is something i don't think we've discussed right really uh not at length I, my current feeling about it is that if we were to make an album in order to do that we would all have to disrupt something in our lives to do it uh in that we requ it requires time and, yeah, and we're all uh, we do have a lot of other things going on in our yeah. lives. Yeah, and well, it's other bands and all sorts. Other bands, uh, other jobs, yeah. other you know things that are that are and as much I, I would like to do that. I'm sure we could figure it out uh, at and some we, point. And we might. And yeah. we might. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. as of right now, we don't know. And and the current state of things is probably going to be single after single. Okay. But. Uh, don't rule it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, sure. also, yeah, I don't have. No, we've got nothing. We got. I got nothing to offer you with regards to a timeline or whether or not. I, I, I know we could. 
Yeah. There's well, no I mean, doubt there's a we wealth could. of material. Like, I'd say there's probably about, I don't know, 17 or 18 tunes. Okay. Like, in some sort of state. In some sort of state. Yeah, state, yeah they're, you know? they're all in states of, you know, yeah. like they, they yeah. require work. But that's just, it just requires work. And getting us all in the same room at the same time is, uh, it, it gets complicated now specifically. Yeah. Like this isn't our only, this is the only thing that we all do. Uh, there's distance between some. Wade just bought a house in Shediac, New Brunswick. <laughs> you right, know, like, right, it makes right. uh, makes a little. So it's a bit of a drive, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know. Um, but when we do get together, it is wholly productive, and we're more than capable of writing songs. So don't rule it out. But I'm not. I wouldn't promise anything. Okay. You know, like uh, if it it might just continue the way it, the way it's continuing now, but. It might not as well. So I suppose the mood in the camp at the moment is just enjoying playing together again. It really is. And yeah. um, in, in a certain way, it feels like kind of started the band over again. Oh, cool. Um, mm -hmm. Just by taking a lot of the, the pressures of being a full-time band away, I think it's, it's allowed us to be creative and more free in a way that we were when we probably started. Yeah. And... Uh, and uh, it's, I think, and I think everything we're doing is benefiting from it. I think we're playing tighter as a yeah. band. It's, I think it's, it's fucking mental how little we, like, have to rehearse in order for us to be even better. Well, that's because like, you're in a one. band with two of the best fucking guitar players <laughs> in the world, George. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, no, it is. Yeah, we're we're doing less rehearsing and stuff like that, but it's uh, but uh, for some reason it's better every time, and the shows are better. We're better at playing. We've got I think I don't know. Yeah, that probably comes too with you know Dal Dal didn't take a break from touring. Dal has been on the road, you yeah, know, pretty constantly. So it helps having that. But we we all still have it in mind. I think we're better at you know building sets and and. Uh, and uh, just approaching it differently. Approaching it differently. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there is there's that joy of coming back to it. Every single show is a is a gift, right? Like it's not like you know there's no uh, you know it's hard. I think when we were touring heavily and eight months out of the year, it's easy to get uh, complacent and just kind of showing up and doing doing, you know, what you do every single night. It's easy to get jaded in that environment, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm, uh, now I get nervous, mm, which before good, cool. I did nothing. Like there was no feelings like before doing it. I just knew I could do it and I did it. Now it's like, there's so much time in between shows that, you know, you get that, like you get that little, there's a little edge before the show. And that, I find that that edge makes it easier to get to the place of performance almost. Mm. Like it, 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 I can you can kind of slip away a bit easier on stage when you've got a bit of, you, you know, your, your senses are heightened and alerted a bit more. And I don't know, yeah, that might be a little bit, uh, uh, you know, supernatural or something like that, but that's, that's how I feel about it. And that's kind of how the, the totem that I use to, to propel me to continue to perform is those nerves that I feel beforehand. The nerves, like, Oh God! Like, whoa, am I like there? You, you have like a, a a bit of self doubt in you, and then that that propels you to play even tighter and mm -hmm. and, uh, and and to go a little and bit I, crazier. And I think to kind of touch on what you're talking about, you know, like being in that mindset of you know touring ten months a year. Um, 
as, as incredible as touring is, touring that much is not really an inspiring thing. No, you sure. know, it's, it's a bit of a groundhog day. Um, it's easy to, you know, just like pick up some nasty habits and, and get further and further away from what's actually important about music. Whereas the way we're doing things now, everything we're doing, I think, is inspiring stuff more. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's just, I think that's why it's what's working so yeah. well. That's yeah. great. Cool. I, I, I think Alexis have this dynamic as well, um, which a lot of great bands have, which is this push and pull between dynamics and it's it's almost like a uh it's almost like there's a confrontation at the heart of it musically um in that you've got you know maybe dallas pushing in a melodic direction and then you're pushing in like <laughs> a that. screaming That's direction is that is that not how it in is fact, actually I, I put something up on instagram i thought that was a really morning. poignant uh yeah, yeah. Guess, and that's uh <laughs> i put m- most people don't know Dallas writes all the heavy songs and I write all the sad ones. Really? Is that right? That's that's pretty. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's an oh, that's an oversimplification. Oversimplification yeah, of, of it. But, yeah. but, but yeah, by and no. large, like like Dal wrote Dog's Blood. Fuck. Right. I wrote okay. Rough Hands. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no people do tend to pigeonhole Dallas. I think probably because uh, he plays in a massive. You know, uh, well, he's great at writing sad. He's songs. great at writing sad songs, <laughs> yeah. and he'll but, tug on your heartstrings. But Dal can uh, Dal can ride uh, ride the lightning. But that di- <laughs> <laughs> but that dynamic is still there. It's just reversed. No, in yeah, minds, and there, there is. I, you're right about. I think there is a bit of a Alexis on fire does can be become a bit of a compromise. I think there are at, not less so now, but I think back in the day there was more of a. Um, you know, we're five horses pulling in different directions. And then, you know, wherever the center lands, that's Alexis on fire. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, but that it has been that in the past, but more so, I feel like we're more on the same page now. I feel like, uh, um, yeah, there, there's no real struggle to get the songs to, to find like, where they need to be. To find where they need also, to be. Also, I think we've like thrown at the rules with songwriting. It can be whatever it is. Yeah. Whereas maybe we were more stuck in our ways or, oh, that's not a thing we can do or that's mm. maybe something we shouldn't do. Whereas now we're just, yeah, just doing it. Get the zither out. <laughs> we're having a zither on this part. Well, I just yeah. want to finish by asking, I was wondering if that was, so I, I view a lot of bands, a lot of the greatest bands having that dynamic. I mean, Deftones is a brilliant example, which is constantly mentioned. And uh, even Metallica and stuff to a certain extent, you know, between James and Lars and so on. Is that, it, I've always felt, I've always felt that's what made Alexis special personally. And I was wondering, you know, through thick and thin, you guys keep coming back to Alexis. And I was wondering what it was that made you do that. I mean, my, my theory is maybe it's that, almost combustible thing which makes the art as good as it is but like there's something that keeps drawing the five of you back together um at this point it's it's probably a family sort of dynamic as well i would say that that um yeah if we didn't like each other yeah and then and you know somebody offered us a, a a dump truck full of money to play a show we wouldn't be doing it. The, 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 there is a, um, what's the word for it? Like, you know, there's like a camaraderie or a, 
or um, something that works between all of us when we get out, we get together both on stage and off stage. Chemistry, it's enjoyable. Maybe. The chemistry yeah. is the one mm-hmm. that I was mm-hmm. going for. I don't. Yeah, like I don't know. We we love each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think the the fact that we you know do care about each other is maybe that's the thing that makes it a little bit more. Maybe that's what people can latch onto. Maybe like maybe that's what propels the live shows. Maybe. To be that little extra thing. I think we're equally as perplexed, though. I think (laughs) honestly, like this is not—you're not the first to come into an interview, and like I've got that question a lot before, where it's like, where they're going through over the history of the band, and they're like, "Alexis on fire," so they got you guys got massive. Why? (laughs) And I—I think a lot of people and a lot of people and and like and there's times when I look back on it and I'm like, boy, we really did a lot of things that would. That should have had the adverse effect, and they and they, they didn't. didn't. They didn't, mm-hmm. no. and and it's and I'm still there. Where like, you know, every time we announce something new, less so now, but when we first started coming back around, and we'd announce something new, I'd be like, okay, well, let's see, like, you know, let's see how this goes, and uh, and it's consistently, it gets bigger and better and more, uh, you know. Uh, and it's more fun than I could have possibly imagined. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I I, 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 don't know what the answer is for that or why that is, but uh, I'm grateful. I, I, I can say this too. I think there is there is probably a bit of a vacuum for um bigger heavy bands right now. Maybe like yeah. there's like the music the, the the pendulum has swung to something else, and us coming back has stepped back into that that void and people are jumping back on it and they love mm-hmm. it and they want it they want it back right so i don't know maybe that that has something to do with it i don't know i hope so and i i hope uh it's something we can continue to do and you know continue to put out stuff that's meaningful and and pushes what we do creatively forward and and you know, there's a lot of bands that I think we've seen that, you know, probably like, I can't even imagine, like the first time I saw Motorhead play, they've probably been touring for 25 years, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And then like us and Phil and all of our buddies started going out to the gigs <laughs> and we saw them for like 10 years straight. Like, so I don't know. I think hopefully now we're also entering a new like generation of people that haven't seen the band before that maybe missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Surely. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I, I hope it continues long for a long, long time. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> thank you so much, guys. Thank you, George. Thank you, Wade. It's been yeah, a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Cool.